Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. Hopefully you can hear me. Okay, there was a little bit of uh, static at the beginning here. So, well, I'm back. I had to take a week off because I'm working on different projects. And um, basically, this was part of my announcement. Is I updated the blog and the website. We're going to do two shows on MNN this month. As a matter of fact, uh, this coming Saturday, uh, September 12th, and Manhattan Neighborhood Network. That's MNN.org. You just click on the icon at 5 o'clock, so that's Vigilante Plus on that page, and uh, you get to see us on the internet. If not, then I just record the show and put it on YouTube. Now, I know like people are saying some problems with the video that is out of sync, and they couldn't repeat uh, some of those shows on MNN because of uh, you know, the timing. It has to do something with the frame rate. Anyway, so they had, they had to repeat a show. Like we had three shows in August, and we only did two. The third one, I figured, let's take a break along with the Black Talk Radio, and I should have repeat that. The show repeat from last year, so I'm in the uh, process of fixing that. Because of that, I put the music show on hold for another week until we straighten out the mess. So, um, hopefully, uh, this Saturday show we can fix that problem. Meeting up with the engineers, so it's something internal. Again, I'm not an engineer, so these things are out of my hand. Um, but uh, the the blog did get updated. We include SoundCloud, and right now I have the the soundtracks of all the shows that I've been working on, and also I've been doing a lot of uh, background. Um, well, not a lot, but I've been I've been doing a few shows, TV shows, working as a background actor. Tomorrow I'll be working on uh, The Family. It's a brand new show. Last week I worked on Elementary. Uh, I put a picture of that in, uh, on Instagram and Facebook. And the week before um, I worked with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ray Liotta on uh, Shades of Blue. So I've been doing that, and we're fixing the studio over in Brooklyn, a music studio, and I've been revamping Studio B, which is my little studio over here in the city and in the other studio, main studio that I'm working with my partner, Steve, in Brooklyn. So that's the things we've been uh, doing. But uh, we're going to have two shows in September, two shows in uh, October, because of the technical problem, we have to do two, four more shows to put for them to be recorded to put in the library at MNN. Because most likely, I think I'm going to run for James Bond premiere. I'm not too sure. I'm not going to be here for Star Wars premiere. For me, Star Wars was always a something. It's a, I'm seeing all the Star Wars movies in uh, Lois Astor Plaza on 44th and Broadway. And then when they came out with the special editions that were in Zixfield up on Broadway. I believe that was 52nd Street and Broadway. And, you know, it's, and it's a summer tradition. This time, Star Wars is going to be in the wintertime. So I figured, well, I still want to get that summer buzz. Well, I'm going to Puerto Rico. Family and friends down there. Waiting for me so we can see Star Wars together down there. So, and because of that, that's we're gonna have repeats. That I will have specials. We'll have a Star Wars special. We're trying to figure that out. We might do a live show on YouTube itself um, because of this technical problem we've been having. So, hopefully, you're listening to me and there's no technical problem here. That I was gonna to have to do another show. Uh, or you know, we do show. But and let's keep on going. So, what I want to do is let's talk about the summer wrap up real quick. Uh, my top five, okay. Jurassic World, Minions, Mad Max, which got released on Blu-ray, 
I haven't got a chance to pick it up because I'm waiting to, like I've been busy all week. I knew I buy it and I can. I won't be having the time to see it. So I'm waiting for uh, Fury Seven to come out next week. And I know there's a couple guys did not see uh, Mad Max. So me and my friends, we're gonna have to pick a night where we're gonna see. We're gonna have a double feature, uh, Fury Seven. Well, actually, next Saturday because I'm, I'm not going to be doing the show, so we're going to have Man Man and Furious Seven double header. For um, we got a couple guys who are really into uh, cars and uh, all that stuff, so we're going to have a double header. And a lot of these guys love Furious uh, Furious Seven. Then that's Man Max. So I'm going to have my full uh, review with, especially with the 90 minutes uh, bonus uh, bonus features, which a lot has been on, on, on the internet. Man Max is in my top five. Okay, Furious Seven next coming out next week on Ultron. Now Ultron is probably going to fall in my top five, mainly because James Bond. And um, and for Star Wars, uh, the worst pictures. I just want to get this out of the way. Tomorrowland, Disney really took the beating, and this has to do with Star Wars. Um, Disney's not happy with Tomorrowland because they spent so much money advertising. They really went into into the red in there. Fantastic Four. I said it on the last show. Uh, in case you didn't see it, because I, had, I took the sh- uh, that particular show off YouTube because it was really out of sync, and it, it was just really bad and engineering. So. I think the master was going to work at that master tape, and eventually we'll put it back up again. But I'm not sure what I mentioned about um, Fantastic Four was basically the studio's fault. The picket guy, and he was a bit overwhelmed. They gave him this, uh, so much money to make these action scenes, and they found out he's not going to, you know, he isn't going to work out with the budget they gave him. They should have given him 150 more, but they blamed him. He was young and fresh and green. He didn't know how to handle studio politics. So that was the clash. Okay, uh, they should have got somebody more uh, more experienced. I thought because he did that other film that has to do with young young guys and stuff like that. Uh, what, what was it? Insurgent or whatever the hell the name was. I saw it and liked. Um, I figured maybe he'd be the right person to do this kind of film. Like again, you know, I think they picked the the, the wrong guy, and basically the the film was a total mismatch. I, I mentioned um, a couple points here, um, and basically. But I said in the last show, I'm going to make this quick. There's four things when it comes to editing. Structure, pacing, rhythm, and tempo. Those are the four positive notches that we editors work with. Okay? And me being a musician, I can relate to that because, you know, it's the rhythm, the tempo of the song, and the pacing like electronic dance music. It's fast, it's slow, it picks up. And, and the structure. Okay? Fantastic for the head there. There's been a whole hour setting up the premise, and then in that half hour, the, the, the video of Dr. Doom. So what the hell is that about? Okay, so that's where the, screw, um, the story screwed up. They went in there and started cutting out scenes. They filmed, uh, some of the scenes, they didn't even finish them. When the thing starts beating up uh, people, he, beats, uh, he goes up against the army. It was a trailer that was all over the internet, not used. So, you know, Tony cooks in the kitchen. That's what I meant to say. Anyway, Fantastic Four was a total bore and a big missed opportunity. But what I don't like is... Was behind the scenes that they made the cast young. So, if in case this thing was a hit, a franchise, they would grow old into their parts. Moving into saying he's too old, but now he wants to play James Bond. Whatever. Roger Moore was already in his 40s when he played James Bond. And not, he was picked before he was picked before um, Sean Connery. I'm getting to that point in a second. Next, Pixels. Um, was it. What's his name? Oh, God, I just had the name of Wreck-It Ralph. That's the ultimate, that's the most successful 
uh, adaption of a video game, Wreck-It Ralph. It was cute, it was dope, it was funny, it had all these old characters, video games. Cubit was in it. Cubit was in Pixels, but they missed the boat. The 60 million all went to Adam Sandler's uh, salary, and they didn't give him any money for these characters. I mean, the big Pac-Man supposed to take place in New York City, and it's uh, Toronto, and it looked it. They didn't stick in and pipe their building in the background, CG background. I mean, that was like an insult. Uh, and then, of course, they're picking uh, Man from Uncle. They spent so much money advertising, and the movie just uh, bombed. I think, did anybody read the script? It's a, based on a TV show from the 60s, so it was Mission Impossible. But Mission Impossible had more cult following than Man from Uncle. Well, me personally, it was just disappointing. It wasn't bad. It had little moments, especially Peter Hinklish. That's the reason I'm mentioning him. And a Man from Uncle, two actors... I know that it was a um was a debut, and the women said, "Oh, these are great-looking guys." They came. This guy can't get. Henry Cavill doesn't have Superman. He's screwed. And this other guy who did Lone Ranger. For the past five years, they're trying to um use him as the next big actor, the next big thing. And this guy has no luck. That's why sometimes maybe good being an actor. <laughs> for me, you wouldn't know how many times I try to apply for Blue Bloods and try to get on that show, and I keep getting turned down. Uh, it's hard. It's a hard show to get on, okay. And it's just background acting, okay. I'm trying to get on Gotham, believe it or not. Good luck with that. Now everybody wants to be on that show, but as I'm going to be talking more about that when Ultron comes out, because people have asked me, oh, I want to know, can and I go and do that as a side job? I want to work as a. I want to get the experience of having Frank and talking about being on a uh, background and you know talk about it on my show, on my blog. Sure, I'll give you all the information when Ultron comes out. Yes, I, I was hanging. James Spader on the blackness. Okay, I I put a block there. I'm going to repost that again, so you get an idea. No, oh, what happened to your, your top ten list? You say you're going to have the best of your favorite James Bond and your favorite Godzillas and your favorite that that favorite Star Trek show. As a matter of fact, I'm going over my Star Trek Blu-rays right now, and I'm going to have my mic ready since because Star Trek is wrapping up. Um, so that's going to come in a couple of weeks. I think was was it um. It's the middle of September already, but two, three weeks, I'll do a background, and I'm going to make my top ten list. Right, right now, today, just catching up. So, with, with that being said, um, what's the other thing I want to just get out of the way? Okay, so my top five, my my, my best top five, my worst, right, right, there's a lot of films that were really, really awful, a lot of them uh, with disappointment. The ones that really pissed me off is Tomorrowland and Fantastic Four. Even if they come out with special edition commentary, I don't care. That's how bad. I always, if a film shows up in the library in the shelf, I don't count the cuties to see what went wrong. I will pick. I will, yeah, I will rent it, or I will borrow it from the public library, just to see what went wrong. Okay, or, or it's behind the scenes. I mean, all that crap. And these are two films I'm going to touch with ten foot pole. I, I don't care what excuse. They're going to have excuses for this. That's what's going to happen with these two films when they come down DVD and Blu-ray. Um, and another thing to mention now, talk about box office. Let's get this out of the way, okay? Because then I'm going to have reviews. In this whole Star Wars thing, um, we're going to be talking more about Star Wars on Eminem's show. So, so this is a little bit of tidbits, but and I'm looking at the clock. Okay, 18 minutes. Here we go. Um, box office, Jerry World came close, $10 million away from taking out number two in the U.S. box office of Titanic. It was that close. Okay, um, which means where Star Wars is going to wind up. Well, that means J-World basically meant that Star Wars is going to t- be the second big picture ever with a t- Avatar. That is the big clue right now. And I said, if it's Phantom Man, is bad. But here's the thing. Now, 
and I said this before, we went Furious 7, now Variety Magazine, I posted it on my blog, okay, um, I'm, you want to reference this stuff, I got charts, I got the links in the past three days, I skipped Monday, so all the links are from Tuesday, Wednesday, and today, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and all the links, I posted um, a link to uh, Variety Magazine that said that this past weekend, J-World joined the top four along with Avatar, Titanic, and Furious 7. Now, Box Office Mojo has been saying that uh, Disney's Avengers Ultron is, was the third biggest picture. And Variety Magazine confirmed that, you know, the third biggest picture was Furious 7. And Box Office Mojo won't let it go. People have been asking me, well, Box Office Mojo was uh, brought out and sold by one of the other big companies. And apparently they're in cohorts with Disney. That's what's going on there. So they're going to just do the numbers. I don't want to make this a failure. My, why am I saying this? Because again, Disney took such a bad beating at Tomorrowland, and they're looking, uh, all those studios are looking universal. Universal's got four or five half films. Um, and now they worry about Ultron. Now, I mentioned about Mad Max. Mad Max is doing huge numbers on Blu-ray sales. It's huge. I put a link up there today. And there's another site called thenumbers.com. And tell you about the numbers. That's my favorite magazine. They said that Mad Max is selling outrageously. They couldn't believe it. Which means we're going to get a sequel. That's what I posted. I want a sequel for Mad Max. So the DVD uh, Blu-rays are going to uh, do good. Now, they're afraid that the Avengers of Tron might not have those, um, those kind of sales. Okay, um, Terminator, Genesis, over in China, it, it might save the day, but they want Blu-ray sales to count. That's what happened with Spider-Man. I put the link on thenumbers.com, and it has the charts of 2015 for this year. If you look at the charts of 2014, you see Frozen made about another extra $100 million on Blu-ray sales, and then there's another $50 million on DVD sales. Spider-Man Blu-ray only made $20 million. Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I, this was, but this is what happened. So those sales, the Blu-rays did not sell whatsoever. And that's it. Nobody is interested in this. If people don't buy Blu-rays, that's, that's it's a sign that, that the movie maybe should not make it. Okay? Um, and that's what... So that's, that's why Ultron... Disney with Ultron kind of phrase like, sure, I made a billion dollars, just like Iron Man 3. Remember Iron Man 3? made over a billion dollars. And the DVD sales blew away tank. Copies was just sitting there on the shelf. Nobody went and bought the film because that's how bad it was. And now there's a lot of mixed reviews about Ultron. But I was seeing the second or third time and said, you know, it's not a, that great of a movie. Okay, so Disney's worrying about that. Now, going back to Star Wars, why am I talking about Disney? Why am I talking about numbers? And it was listed in the Variety Magazine. I think it was posted yesterday. And they're saying that they're going to do something. Star Wars is going to release, be released internationally December 18th, right? Now they found out that they're going to release a couple of days of an Arab nation, and they're going to release it in France. France is going to get the moon two days ahead. I think the 15th is noted, okay? And then... Uh, for the reason that they, they want to charge, they're going to try an experiment. They want to charge premium. Now, depending on the city you live in, it can cost anywhere 3D, IMAX, 15 to $20. They want to charge premium. They might do this. Now, I think, you know, Disney is being a little bit greedy on this. That they might have... Now, these are rumors. 
and the guy, the, the president of one of um, the movie association, said, you know, we should experiment and have um, a special premieres, uh, premiums, and charge like maybe twenty twenty five dollars for the courtesy of anything a movie on, on a Tuesday. Instead of waiting for the movie to come out on Friday, we did it on a Tuesday for twenty five thirty dollars. Star Wars fans would do that. That's just extra money, and I think that's abusive. They might push it like that. And why they might do that? It's pointing to that because Tomorrowland really costs a lot. It was an abandonment, and they're afraid that Ultron is, is not going to do that good. Is they look at Mad Max. Minions. Look, look, look at Minions. Minions right now is about $20 million away to take a Toy Story 3, which is guaranteed because it's going to open China. Now, China's not really big in animation. So it could make anywhere from 50 to $70 million. The highest, I'll uh, see, uh, some, some Chinese or Japanese tune made about $100 million. Frozen. Well, this means Frozen only made $50 million within China. I think that's the highest along with Despicable Me. They're not big in animation. So Minions probably make another 50. But that would clear it to be in the top 15, the second biggest animation movie of all time, behind Frozen. But that's guaranteed. Minions gonna be um, will be like this, uh, yeah will be the second biggest animation film of all time. Now all the studios are looking at that and they're going Minions really Minions are making over a million dollars? <laughs> what the hell? Three or seven, number seven and a franchise number seven, and that made over uh, a billion dollars. So, so they're looking at this. So uh, what does this? He's kind of nervous. Why should they be nervous for a franchise like Star Wars? I mean, look what they did with the toy collection. Who's got the space? Who's got the money for that stuff? A lot of good stuff. I, love, I just love the idea. Millennium Falcon is back. Variation. I love that, that little Lego set. Um, we put together 150 pieces. Lego was a pain in the ass to put together. I, I'm an old school where I put my models, paint them, and plastic models, you put them together, paint them, glue them, and all that. Um, I'm looking at the decision of Millennium Falcon that came in a, a big plastic box. Um, that, that one that had the actual lighting in the back, you had to put four D batteries. Remember that model? And I'm looking at the Falcon, um, the X-Wing. A lot of them did not make it through time. You have cats, that's it. <laughs> they destroy everything. <laughs> but, um, oh, those are sweet guys, man. There is a piece. But, you know, that's what happens. So, um, but they got so many good things. And the other thing I really like about the whole Star Wars collection is they get the micro-machines. Remember those? Those I still got, some of them. Um, well, especially one package, I still got. Yeah, it's still one in a, in a package. So, and they're coming with the back of the three, uh, the three and a half inch uh, size models, you know. So there's a lot, lot of good stuff. And I think was it today? Yeah, today or yesterday? I uh, no, yesterday I posted uh, the picture of the four, four. It's a set of four 3D glasses that you can buy. So you're gonna have four different types. Was it Kylo Ren? Uh, the only the three villains, I forget the other villains, uh, Kylo Ren, two other villains, and the BB-8, uh, not the villain. So it's going to be three villains and, and BB-8, and uh, glasses. They, you, know, you know how the wheels, they, they, they mold uh, some of the characters into cars. All that I, I find are cool. But that's Star Wars toys. I mean, they pulling, they're pushing this, you know, to the yin-yang, and already Disney's kind of afraid of that. So we got to find out what's going to happen. Will it be the second biggest? Now, also today, I heard of my uh, blog page. They came out with a new trailer this afternoon. It just premiered about two hours ago, and I just got done posting it. Um, or did I post it? Hmm. Let me. Did I post it? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> I 
I posted about 20 minutes ago. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah the trailer came out to boom up the, the, my blog. I put it up, and it's only 30 seconds, but there's a lot of little clips in there. And and they also show the posters, the premiere, the, the brand new posters. Now the movie's opening. Um, the movie opens up with the the, the day of the death. It's a festival they have in um, in Mexico. Well, in the poster, you got a guy with a skull face and a hot hat. And everybody knows, nobody caught this. Nobody, I haven't seen anybody mention this. Well, of course, it's just very neat because the poster just came up today. But everybody knows Sam Mendes is a huge Little Left Eye fan. Again, I mentioned Roger Moore before, right? Roger Moore was supposed to be the first original James Bond he turned it down because he had another choice. He had to do a TV show called The Saint. And like, like James Bond, like Flint and everything. As a matter of fact, on our YouTube page, Vitalink's first YouTube page, we have a clip of Roger Moore playing James Bond in a comedy skit back in 1964. I grew up with Sean Connery. I grew up with uh, Roger Moore. A lot of people do not like Roger Moore. He was considered to be the first James Bond, but he couldn't do it. Anyway, the first movie that he did was called Living Let Die. And to me, Sam Mendes loves this movie because that's the first time he ever saw James Bond up on the big screen. And then that character, uh, this guy called Scatamanga or Mr. Big, but he's got a henchman. As it was portrayed by Jeffrey Holder. Jeffrey Holder was a Broadway actor. He did back in the 70s. Uncola. Seven commercials back in the 70s. And Jeffrey Holder, he was in the makeup of the skull face and he used a top hat. That is a nod. Nobody has picked that up. That's a man that's doing a little nod to that character in James Bond, Live and Let Die. Check that out. There's the trailers and the scenes on YouTube. Go check it out. Um, and um, this is the other thing. And the other thing I want to say in James Bond, people, do you think Chris Waltz is Blofeld? He's wearing, in one of the scenes, real quickly, he's wearing one of the jackets. That is the same exact jacket that was worn by Blofeld, and you only live twice. I said the colors are different. It's a dark chocolate gray, but it's the same color. Um, same, um, I say, it's the same cut. The jacket is the same cut as the Blowfed character, and you only look twice because of the collar. Check that out. Do the comparison. So what do you think? You think I'm, think I'm wrong? Well, it's all for fun. You know, a little trivia. Okay, now, reviews. Let's go straight to movie reviews. Frank, there's nothing to see this weekend. Well, well, a whole bunch of stuff coming out. Let me do this real quick. Last time I mentioned Love and Mercy about Brian Wilson and Straight Outta Campton, um, which is going to be, which also did huge. It's coming out. Paul Giamatti played the manager in both of them, which is great. Actually, he played the um, psychoanalyst, the physicist, and a psychiatrist, all rolled up in one, but he did manage Brian Wilson's career Love and Mercy. He's good playing scumbags, i got to admit. Okay, so uh, Love and Mercy is um, available somewhere. I think Netflix, um, Redbox, uh, Straight Outta Compton. One album was deleted out of the movie. I can't wait. It's a special edition of the Dr. Dre. And I feel both producers, they're going to stick that extra hour back and Blu-ray release. Uh, I'll review the whole thing if the three-hour version comes. Aloha. And Aloha also wind up a top ten worst movies of the year. Yeah. Movie did not get a break. The movie was completely disappointment. It didn't know what. Uh, it's like a dramedy, comedy, um, love story, a triangle. It failed on all count. But it was not that Bad. It was not Tomorrowland bad. Eh. But if you're curious, it's going to be a date movie. Bill Murray turns out to be the bad guy. Well, you'll see what happens at the end. Um, Bradley Cooper's himself as well. She, t- she puts him in his place and he saves the world at the end. But you go check it out two for Tuesday. Now, a couple of the movies. 
um, that was the theaters, Hitman 47, okay? Um, basically, it's the guy going up against Zach Quinto, okay, who plays the bad guy. They fight. He shoots Zach Quinto in the first half out. But it looks like he come, pops up out of the dead. They fight again. He kills him again. He pops up again. Shoots him again. <laughs> He's like an Iron Man slash Wolverine. Okay, that's the whole thing. Zach Quinto is a guy who can, you know, he can absorb bullets and stuff like that. Okay, and then there's a little twist at the end where it becomes uh, a sequel. Same thing like Transporter Refueled. A lot of people just didn't like the idea of Jason Statham not doing the part anymore. Uh, it's, oh, what's his name? I'm looking at it. Um, okay, this guy left. I want to get his name. I want to get his name. Okay, I'm going to IMDb. His name is Ed Skrine. Okay, he took Jason Statham's uh, role. Okay, Um a lot of action. It's just like Man 47. Dumb, silly. People don't get it. There's a lot of bad reviews. These are great two for Tuesday when they come out on the DVD or on Netflix. s left Game of Thrones to do Transporter for a franchise. Okay, it's doing good overseas, so we probably will get another one out of this year. It's a lot of action, dumb script, but it's, if you like Aiken, where you know, screw the plot. Or the plot is just an excuse, you know, for body count and cockroaches. A lot of action. Both movies have a lot of action. I gotta admit, they weren't too bad. Two for Tuesday, I give it three, uh, three out of five. Okay, one. Uh, talk about uh, Godzilla. Um, I forgot to mention uh, Godzilla community passed two thousand. Yeah. Well, Attack of the Titans. They started making Godzilla in Japan. The Japanese version of Godzilla. The guys who did Attack of the Titans. Um, I'm going to do Godzilla. Now, Attack of the Titans is going to come out, I believe, in DVD or Blu-ray or direct-to-video. Remember War of the Gagashuans, you uh, Japanese big kaiju, big giant monster creatures from Japan? Aye, 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 aye. Anyway, tell me how to cut one. Um, think of that movie, but really violent, bloody, rated R. That is Attack of the Titans. Okay, um... I'll explain more when that movie comes out, um, but it's really violent. Special effects are really good. Talk about the really violent. A movie that came out on VOD, um, Trouble Kid with Michael Ironside. You know Michael Ironside? Scanners, legendary picture with David Cronenberg. Uh, he's probably known as known for Starship Troopers as the, as the commander, but he gets ripped in half. Anyway, um, it's like drama meets Charles Band Roger Coleman, really bloody. I mean, they they throw bodies in half, but it, it be, it's so cartoonish. Think of trauma pictures. You know, when they they, they split the bodies in, in, in half, and the blood is all over the place, and the intestines come out. Remember Machete? He guy over, he took the, his intestines, and he, he jumped off the building. Uh, yeah, that kind of silly. It's, it's Tobo Kid. No budget, really good imagination. Three out of five for, for your horror fans and sci-fi. It's place in the future. A apocalyptic uh, thing. Um... Okay, let's switch over. Uh, vacation. Vacation came out. Not too bad, not too good. It was a hit and miss. It did have spirit the first one, but it just, you know, the first few, maybe two for Tuesday, if you're curious, Chevy Chase was completely wasted. Back to home video. Um, home, Nana and Jim Parsons. Okay, not big minions kind of thing, but it was cute, adorable. Kids get bored with regular TV. With Nickelodeon, you can pop this in. I still recommend it. It's a cute little movie for animation. Um, I recommend it, I recommend it for home. For, recommend it for the kids. Three out of five. 
Okay. Also, what's this? Uh, Red Box in Netflix. True story. James Franco. No, no, huh? Um. Uh, there's nothing there. There's a little twist. He tries to fool everybody, saying that he's innocent, but he's guilty anyway. Um. And then uh, because his brother James Franco, uh, his brother Dave Franco was in usual business. They try to be vulgar comedy, like Hangover. They missed the mark. Okay. It wasn't funny. Uh. I. I. I can't recommend it. Uh, Nick Frost, uh, Simon Pegg's uh, uh, writing buddy. He's in this, and he plays it. He plays S and M guy. It's as you talk about glory holes. If you know what I'm talking about, well, there's a whole scene about that. That's supposed to be the big football scene. Eh, not my style. Okay, one movie that's in red box, total zero. It's called Murder Eleven. It's a girl in a chair. It looks like a torture porn movie uh, about a serial killer going. The movie. It looks like a college student project. I give it a big zero. I'm going to kill you. Please don't kill me. Two cops. We've got to find out. We're running out of time. Next scene. I'm going to kill you. Please don't kill me. Repeat for 90 minutes, and that is the film. Stay away from Murder 11. It's on Red Box, a total zero. The twist at the end, the serial killer turns out to be the police captain of the precinct. That's the ending. Okay, I just saved you 90 minutes of your life. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. This coming Saturday, September 12th, we have a brand new show on eminent.org. I'm going to update my blog site tomorrow, and all that information will be there. Everybody, thanks for listening to the show, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye, everybody.